Look, man, I'm just saying, if you've got a back-to-back -back in Denver, y'all might as well just call in sick. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. We appreciate you being in every day or checking us out every day, Monday through Friday, as we try and bring you a show each and every weekday. We are available on all platforms. You can join us on YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash Locked On Nuggets. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, where we would sure appreciate a five-star review. You can catch us on uh Spotify. You can catch us on Pocket Cast, a great podcast app that I happen to use. You can catch us all over. Uh, and we appreciate you guys being with us each and every day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by the one and only Swipa. You can find him on Twitter at SwipaCam, where I talk today about the Denver Nuggets win over the Brooklyn Nets, an easy cruise victory. We will talk about Nikola Jokic's workload and how it's actually more than what you realize. You could talk. We'll also talk about Justin Holiday uh, and his contributions this season. And in the last segment, uh, we'll let Swipa just absolutely... Uh, just express his heart's compliment uh, to, to Peyton Watson, who continues to develop and evolve as an NBA player, career high in points and assists last night. Nuggets get the win last night over the Brooklyn Nets, 124-101. It was not that close. It really just was not. The Nets, I uh, I was on NBA bet stream for Nets Suns the night before, Swipa. And I knew that this was going to be a game where the Nets were not going to have it. They gave a lot in that Suns game. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to a lot of teams that have come through here. And especially, you have to kind of get them at the end of their career to for them to admit it. Um, Al Horford once told me, like, yeah, honestly, if we could just skip it, we would. <laughs> like, if you have the back-to-back -back in altitude, you're just like, we're not going to, we're not winning this game. And this is important, though, because I do think there was a stretch of time there when the Nuggets were bad, uh, as Jokic and the young core was developing. The teams were still like, yeah, it's a tough environment, but you can still get a win here. And you know, it's going to feel really good if you get that back-to-back -back win. And then it went to like, oh, this is going to be really tough, and most teams won't have it. And now, honestly, Swipa, this felt very much like the Nets were like, we're just here so we don't get fined. Like, the Nuggets played great. The Nuggets left no opportunity for them. They took care of business, as Michael Malone said. Uh, and that, to me, is more a sign of, like, what the Nuggets are capable of, which is they don't screw around anymore. They don't let teams catch them off guard. They came into this game versus a real – what I think this is a really good team that can catch you. They're the number one against the spread team in the league for a reason – and the Nets took care of business, and this was, or the Nuggets took care of business, and this was never really in doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think all that can be said in the fact that in the second quarter, they scored 17 points, they scored 39 points in the first half, which are both, I think, uh, best for the Denver Nuggets so far this year in the quarter and then in the half. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I was a little bit, I honestly thought the Suns were going to win that game. Obviously, KD was going back to Brooklyn, they're going to have a nice little game time to, get a little bit of resurgence into Bradley Beals in the lineup. They get that win, and then they end up flying to Denver. And, again, I've always heard that that Utah and Denver back-to-back, -back, that little stretch there is probably the hardest in the league 
um, if you have to play that because of the altitude. So I wasn't super surprised about that. Uh, but even Mikael Bridges, Mikael Bridges' numbers lately uh, have been really good, Matt. He's been averaging like 27, 5, and 5 on really good efficiency the last five games. And then yesterday, he gets held to nine points, and he was three of eight from the field, just didn't look as active as normal. Uh, and then Cam Thomas, you know, who started off the year really hot this year, was really just shot chucking some really difficult shots yesterday. None of them were going down. Uh, but on, on top of this as well, I think with the altitude, the Nuggets were playing a sweltering style of defense. And yeah. especially being in the arena yesterday, they were extremely active on the rotations. Jokic was playing at the level and moving extremely quick. Uh, given the fact he probably he played 16 minutes tonight, two nights ago and then had a whole day off, so maybe he was a little refreshed. Who knows? But it was just a really perfectly executed defensive game plan from everybody on the Denver Nuggets squad. And they never really gave up any real runs to the Nets because once they started getting up, the Nets didn't have the energy. And then the Nuggets also didn't give them a lot of leeway. Uh, in the first quarter, though, I did think the Nets were going to – they showed a little bit of more fight because they made a couple of those contested three-pointers, uh, especially Mikael Bridges had one in the first quarter uh, in that left corner. But as the game went on, uh, the legs weren't there. The defense was too much. And then on top of that, the Nuggets really had a – again, they they're seem to be turning a little bit of a corner now with this third straight win. They're at home, and they know they have a chance to creep up into Western Conference standings as well. So I think everything was kind of at play, and I just don't think that the Nets were going to have any opportunity to win that game last night. Uh, Joker, extremely efficient last night. 26 points, 15 rebounds, mm -hmm. 10 assists in 30 minutes. 8 of 12 from the field, notably. Uh, only took two threes. Got to the line, which is pretty good yep, given did. what's going on with him. Uh, you could tell that the officials were uh, keeping an eye out for how Nikola Jokic is officiated. He goes 10 of 12 from the free throw line. <laughs> if Nikola is going to get to the line 12 times, you're not going to win. If the Nets are going to make fewer threes than the Nuggets, they're not going to win. Like there was no way they were going to be able to compete in this. And you mentioned the defense. Malone really singled out Jokic. He had the DPOG chain last night, um, along with, I believe, Peyton Watson, um, mm -hmm. and was able to, he talked about how Jokic's coverage was really good. And some of that is, Jokic played up at the level, but he played aggressive at the level. And what that did was that allowed for them to contain the ball handler, not get Spencer yep. Dinwiddie or Mikhail Bridges downhill. And when you do that, you do have to rotate well. And the Nuggets were rotating really well on the weak side to contest those threes. Now, right. like I always love these conversations because it's like two things happen simultaneously. The Nuggets rotated really well to contest threes. And the Nets missed because they were so tired. And both of those mm -hmm. things can be true. And like, if you play that game under normal circumstances, the Nets are going to have nights where they shoot really well. And this game is competitive and close. And they're also going to have nights when the Nuggets defense is good and they just can't hit shots. And, and, and it's not going to be competitive at all, even on, on rest. So it's a combination of those two things, I think together that, that made for the performance. Jamal Murray returns quiet night for him, 16 points on seven to 15 shooting. Uh, just to assist last night, despite Ryan uh, Blackburn feeling that he was going to have a big night passing in this one. Justin Holiday fills in for KCP. Only two points, but a plus 20. We'll talk about him in the mm -hmm. final segment. I thought AG was really good last night. You know, 13 points and two boards, two assists, but he was six of nine from the field. More aggressive. Defense was really good. MPJ couldn't get it going. Nine points on three of eight shooting. The bench really filled in. Uh, the bench mm -hmm. was great. So the bench got... Uh, I'm doing the numbers right now. So they've got 20, 38, 48 points off the bench, 50, actually 58 points, 50 points, even off the bench. Um, 51 with Zeke's one, um, no 53 off the bench with, uh, Zeke and, and Peyton, um, good com contributions from them off the bench. 
and we'll talk about the bench in, in the final segment, but they were able to give something as well. Um, overall, just look, we were talking about this in the media room that this isn't a game that we're going to look back and remember. It's not going to stand out. It's just another one of those wins outside of Christian Brown trying to absolutely kill a man um, with that dunk. But it was just like, this is what you want to see from teams that are competing, especially with the fact that the starters didn't have to go back in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, the thing was, is that yesterday, what was so good about it is that when the starters went out in the third quarter, the bench was able to extend the lead and to keep the lead going, even though they did come back for a little bit. They didn't have to do any emergency uh, superstar substitutions. I don't know if you saw the Bucks pacers game. Uh, the score got down to about 10 points. Giannis had to get back in the game. Yep. You know, and so you don't want to do that for your superstars, obviously. And so I think getting rest was really important for them. Um, Jamal started off the game really well, man. I actually thought that was going to be one of those Murray Flurry games just because he had nine points in the first half, in the first quarter. Put Mikael Bridges on an island. Like, just heavy tween, tween, spin over the right shoulder, real Jamal Murray playoff level basketball. Uh, but then, you know, really the course of the game, they just didn't need him didn't need uh, to do a lot more. Yep. And even the playmaking yesterday, like they were just it's so in motion what they're doing. And they were doing a lot of off ball actions yesterday. And that three man game uh, in the first quarter between uh, Jokic, Murray and MPJ, when MPJ had that back cut that led to a dunk was really good. Um, and then I don't know. I don't know if you remember the uh, remember where Jokic got the rebound. He spun at half court, threw it to Michael Porter Jr. And then MPJ did a a fake and then gave it to AG and then AG gave uh, the reverse uh, dunk and stuff. And it was just like a great display of basketball. The team felt confident yesterday. Again, defensively, they were locked in. But as we've talked about before, their offense was feeling their defense because their offense was moving fairly well yesterday. They were playing fairly well. Their defense was really locked in. And you could just tell they just felt like they were moving on one accord. And so I think this is another momentum game for them. Again, it's not a team that uh, is of the highest quality. I mean, the Nets are a good team. They're eight. Uh, as of yesterday in the Eastern Conference. So obviously they're competing well. They're 13 and 10, I believe. Um, they just got done beating the Suns. Like they're obviously a good basketball team. But I think that where the Nuggets are right now, I think they're going to continue to try to stack these wins. And so they have a really good opportunity to do so in the future. Up next, we'll talk about Nikola Jokic and why his workload is even more than you think and why it's so impressive that he's having an MVP caliber season. We'll talk about that next on Locked On Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about Dave. You know, finances can be really intimidating. I get really freaked out by money concerns. That's why you need Dave. Dave can make managing your money so much easier with an interest-free extra, extra cash advance, fee-free goal tracking, and easy ways to find a side hustle to make more money. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check. No late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank, finally get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on MBA. That's dave.com slash locked on MBA. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on NBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. 
Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us. Matt Moore alongside Swipe with you on a Friday. Glad to have you guys with us. World's Finest on Sunday. We'll recap the Thunder win and get you set for the week before Christmas. The Nuggets will play another game on Monday and then be back out on the road before they face the Warriors, who are reeling right now on Christmas Day. Uh, let's talk about Nikola Jokic. Oh, happy Yokemas, by the way, uh, Matt Moore. Oh, Yokemas? I can't believe I forgot. Man, Adam's going to kill me. <laughs> happy Yokemas to those who celebrate. Uh, if you don't know what Yokemas is, go look it up. It's it's everywhere. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because Katie kind of commented on his efficiency and his performance last night. Makes sense, right? He struggles right before. I wonder, like, he struggled right before just so he could set up the narrative. If he turns around for Yokemas on Yokemas Eve, he gets a, a really good performance and an easy win. Um, I. We struggle, I think, a lot of times, those of us that cover the team, to really talk about Nicole at this point because we have given him every hyperbole. We've given him every praise. We've given him every – we've lauded so many things. We've found all these details in the game that he contributes. We've compared him to the all-time greats. We've talked about his MVP performances. So it, it's hard to find new things, I think, that really illustrate his greatness. But this is one thing that kind of um, – Came to my mind. So Nikias Duncan, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's a great follow. Nikias was talking about how we need to use touches instead of usage rate. And he's kind of right in that usage rate doesn't track assists. So you can have the ball and be doing things with it and not have that factored into your usage rate. Um, Nikola Jokic leads the league in touches. This shouldn't surprise anybody. He's the absolute center point, focal point. He is both center, he is the alpha and omega for the Denver Nuggets. And he leads the league in touches by a, a pretty substantial margin. But I noticed that that, in tandem with last night, I was curious. I was kind of curious that Peyton Watson led the team in blocks plus steals, what are called stocks in my neck of the woods. And when I looked it up, I was surprised to find that Nikola Jokic actually leads the Nuggets in steals plus blocks per game with two per game. And as some other people have mentioned, including Harrison Wind from DMVR, Jokic is leads the Nuggets in deflections and is actually third league wide in deflections per game. So he's being put in all these pick and roll situations. Those, in, in some part, the steals and deflections are a reflection of how much he's asked to do Swipa. And he's being attacked because they want to wear him out. You want to make the star players work on defense so they don't have that energy for the other end of the floor to dominate as well, or they're not as efficient. And I think it's really remarkable that Nicole is putting up MVP numbers, averaging 0.6 assists off of a triple double while averaging 25 in per game. And has all of this kind of usage on the defensive end. He is lead the league in touches. He's always involved in a defense. His workload on the floor is absolutely incredible. Yeah. You know, I, me, you know, me and Ryan were talking the other day and, you know, if you take out the two games that Joker was ejected from, you know, his numbers are sitting at uh, 29, 13, like 9.8. I mean, he's having like an insane year. Uh, then on top of that efficiency drop because of those two games and because of the two games um, that he had when he was shooting well. And so I think Joker's entire season, he leads the league in touches, but he also is not one of the leaders in how long he holds the ball on a possession by possession basis or throughout the game. and. He, I think, did he lead the league in passes, I want to say, right now still as well? Like, all this stuff put together, man. Like, he's obviously the fulcrum of what they do, but he allows for them because of the fact that he's able to be a hub that doesn't hold on to the ball, to have everything else happening around him. And I think defensively, one of the things that I wish more regular NBA fans and then even some different media markets would understand about Joker defensively, that, no, he's not ever going to be considered a uh, elite shutdown defender on the interior. 
But there aren't many bigs that are more active than he is defensively. And there aren't many bigs that have more responsibility than he does defensively. Because if you're going to play a system that says you're going to play at the level, that requires you to expend a tremendous amount of energy. You have to be able to lock in to pick and roll defense at a really high level versus really good players. And you have to be able to rotate and contest. And he actually had a block at the rim. I think it was on Sharp uh, yesterday. And then he also defended Nick Claxton well at the rim. But then here's the other part of this. Jokic subsequently will defend at the rim, get the rebound against another big, and then will subsequently run down the field and get the action yeah. started on a fast break opportunity and sometimes finish. And then if he passes the ball to a three-point shooter, they miss. He'll rebound it and put the ball back up and then sprint back to do the very next thing. So it is extremely underrated, the amount of things that he is asked to do and that he actually excels at around the margin that makes the Nuggets a tier one contender in this league. And then I also think makes you the best player in the league because I think all the things that we ask him, we see him do on a daily basis, we're asking players that are similar stature in the league to do, but they are not able to do and which kind of puts them in a different category. I mean, what's biggest people's biggest complaint about Anthony Davis? It's his motor. It's his try. It's the things that he doesn't do consistently, but he does versus the Pacers in the in-season tournament championship has a 40, 20, and five game. And then he had 37 and 11 the very next game after that. Okay, well, if you got Anthony Davis locked in doing all this stuff all the time, he would be in the best player in the world conversation. Yep. But I think that's just the difference between him and other people. Yeah, that, that's great stuff. That's a great take. Um, and this kind of leads us to uh, the interaction I had with Nicola last night. So if you missed it on Twitter, uh, I asked Nicola, because I asked this to Katie a couple of years ago about, as a superstar, how you balance your effort on offense and defense, because you have such a high workload, but you're asked to do it on the other end as well. And so I asked Nicola about that and Nicola looked at me and pointed at me and said, good question. And it was such a great moment. And then he turned to Cody from PR, checked his watch and said, only took nine years. <laughs> I got roasted by a man wearing a turtleneck and uh, it's, it, it hurts this morning a little bit swipe but after that he did give a really good answer and people have asked kind of what that was and i haven't it's it's long so i kind of wanted to, to talk about it here you know he talked about how it's a collective effort um it's not just one person but he what he said was one person can give energy to the group and when you see the guy next to you is playing really hard defensively you want to play with him that's like a really telling answer about where joker's at because it shows you the growth in his leadership right that he has accepted so much responsibility and that if he's given that kind of effort and because guys have talked about this a lot, that one of the things that really raises guys when they play with superstars is seeing how hard they work. Like mm -hmm. you can have teams and have a lot of talent, but if you've got bad culture, you're not aware of what the best guys in the league are doing. It's why guys talk so much about team USA and seeing the work that those guys put in. And so if you're seeing Joker putting this much effort on defense and battling at the level of the screen, it really makes a difference. Um, sometimes you just, he says, he says, I don't really manage it. He's like, I don't know how to do it. He says, sometimes you just see things you want to anticipate. You need to know the plays. Well, you need to know where you need to be. Sometimes you just need to play hard. Sometimes you just need to box out. Sometimes you just need to push the guy out of the paint. So for me, it's not a managing thing. It's feeling the game, feeling the moment, know your body and know the whole bunch of those things. And it's a really good answer of like how feel is so important for him. And if he's able to find, I think offense is something where he always has that feel. And maybe defense is something that because he's working so hard, it takes him sometimes he's has really good feel. And sometimes he doesn't have really good feel. And that honestly explains like a lot of, he works really hard and sometimes the defense isn't great. 
that may not be an effort thing. It can just be like he's right. managing all of the, those kinds of flows in and out. Matt, let me ask you this. Do you think other superstars in the league um, that have that sense of the moment and sense of the game, do you think that there are other superstars, maybe outside of like LeBron is the obvious, that have a similar mentality and approach to understanding that moment and the nuances and when it requires you to be great on some of those marginal things that they're able to lean into that. Do you think they have that, that cognitive understanding of how the game works? Yeah. I, like Katie talked about, about how it's a real battle. He's like, you, he's like, you can gas yourself on either end. He's like, if you're pushing so hard on offense, you're going to find yourself getting blown by on defense. And if you're pushing yourself so hard on defense, trying to lock down, then when you get the ball in your hands, you're looking for a little bit of a respite. You want to rest and you can't rest on offense. You got to punish the defense and make it work. He's, you know, so he said that it was, it's a real battle between those two types of things. I think that cognitive understanding of strengths and weaknesses, knowing where the opponent is at too, like sensing weakness and knowing I need to attack or being able to sense that they're a little bit passive and being, knowing that you can be more aggressive and maybe get deflections. I think all of that makes a really big difference. On the other side, we'll talk about Justin Holiday. We'll talk about Peyton Watson and the other guys contributing. Plus, I got a positive bench stat for you that really bodes well for the Nuggets in the short term, maybe in the long term. We'll do that next on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets, I want to tell you about prize picks. Prize picks allows you to play daily fantasy sports, and you're not playing against all these models and all these other people. It's just you versus the numbers just pick more or less than the projected stats and you can win up to 25 times your money you can get stuff like anthony davis for more than two blocks and lillard for more than four three pointers you can go in for Jokic on his rebounds which is always a good prop to take um as well as you know maybe on the, the saturday's game you can pick something like isaiah joe three pointers because he's going to have a lot of opportunities i think with the nuggets scheme all of these things are available on Prize Picks. Plus, they've got the reboot policy, so you're interested in play even if one of your players get inju- get injured. They offer quick and easy deposits, including now including Apple Pay, and you get into your account this basketball season. Go to PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, all lowercase, for a first deposit match. Up to one hundred dollars. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. So, amongst the good signs yesterday and the positive stuff from a very good team win for the Nuggets was Peyton Watson. Peyton Watson plays 24 minutes, goes seven of 10 from the field, two of five from three. So by the way, he was five of five from two point range, uh, hits two of three from the line, 18 points, career high, seven rebounds and five assists. Also a career high to go with one steal and one block for P swipe. Swipe. I'm going to give you the floor. What are you seeing from Peyton Watson? And how do you feel like he's evolving into the player that the Nuggets need him to be? Yeah, I think everything with Peyton was about reps and opportunity. And Peyton didn't get a lot of reps at UCLA, didn't get a lot of reps last season in his rookie year. And basically, this was a redshirt season for him. But Peyton has played every game but one, I believe, so far this year when he sat out. Um, that He had minimal minutes in another game. I can't remember what exact game that was. So basically, he's played every game but two games. And Peyton has, as he's figured out where he needs to be on the court, and also, too, because he's young, and Malone has talked about this, like, I can't, 
play for guys. Guys have to go out there and play with effort and battle themselves. Peyton's thing is about figuring out the nuances of the NBA game, where he needs to be, where he needs to flow, even on fast breaks, where he needs to be. Yesterday, uh, he had he was stacked with Christian Brown at one point in time on a, on a fast break opportunity, and then he broke out to the right even further. That way he didn't clog up the lane and didn't just have like two people running in one direction. Uh, Peyton's ability defensively, he's – Again, you know, Matt, I know this is uh, hyperbole, obviously, but I, I think that obviously KCP and AG are the best defenders on the team, and then Christian Brown obviously is very good. But from a ceiling standpoint, I don't know if they have higher defensive ceilings than Peyton because Peyton just has the ability to be – he's going to be a terrific on-ball defender. He's already a very good off-ball rim defender, but he's still working on, like, getting – going around screens and navigating and all that kind of stuff. So he'll figure that stuff out as time goes on. But – he just needs to keep shooting. You know, he's getting open three-point shooting opportunities. You just got to put him up. It's just end of the day, you just got to shoot it. And he was two of five yesterday. He finished. He was five of five, Matt, from two-point range yesterday. He doesn't usually finish at a super high level. And I, I said this last night. As soon as Peyton figures out how to finish well, how to use his body and his speed and his physicality as a driver, yeah. he's going to be, I think, a dude with a high free throw rate because of his ability to get to the river slash. And he's so freaking athletic Matt. I think he might be the most athletic player on the team overall. I mean, depends how you want to quantify AG's athleticism, obviously. But he really just has this all together. And even Jokic, uh, I think it was uh, when he was asked a question about uh, Peyton Watson yesterday, and even him, he said, you know, a lot of this is just learning how to slow down. Like, it's not – he said he likes the fact that he plays fast. You want to play uh, with a lot of energy, but it's just slowing down. A lot of it's slowing down up here and just knowing where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there. So – I, again, I, you know, I've been high on Peyton Watson since they drafted him. Um, I think that archetypes like that, they don't really laugh. They don't they don't come around often in the NBA. And for you to have a six-foot-eight wing with a seven-plus wingspan, who Calvin Booth, when they asked him directly, what is your favorite thing about Peyton Watson? He noted his IQ. And you've already seen. And again, Matt, you know, you and I track a lot of the same numbers. EPM said he's the best defender on the Nuggets. Yeah. They just love him on the court. So, Again, I'm really, I'm really happy to see his progression. It's going to be bumpy along the way, but I think he is going to be a certified playoff player if he continues to grow at this level this season. I like this comment from Tim, who says Pwa could be a Luol Deng type if he can develop that jumper. I love that comp. That's a really good comp because Luol was a great, great defender comp. and he shot 27 his rookie season from three. Now that was back in 05 when like 27 was like, oh, it's not bad. Um, it was bad, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't now it's like, if you shoot 27%, it's like, Oh man, you gotta get 13 percentage points to become a good shooter. Um, you know, I, I will say that I, his great games kind of correspond with whether or not the threes are going in and his finishing your right was very important yesterday. But I do think that like, this is, this is going to be a, a big component of it is for him to be a, a plus offensively. He is going to need to be able to figure out the jumper. I do think he needs the jumper in order to make his game complete enough. So teams aren't going to just like load up on him um, at the rim. But I do think that the IQ is something he talked about. He talked last night about understanding the Nets coverages and how they shrink and the things that they do defensively. And he understands those kind of things. And that's really promising because he's not lost. Like there are young players in the Nuggets. Honestly, they're still on the bench and some of them aren't even that young anymore that are a little bit lost and, um, Watson always looks really comfortable and engaged defensively as he becomes more confident and understands his role offensively. It's only going to get better for him. And so this has been a really good stretch for him. Um, we'll talk about Peyton or uh, Justin holiday to wrap up here. I did want to share this stat because I mentioned 
that the Nuggets bench has been worse this season than last year without Nikola Jokic on the floor. I mentioned that on last on the, the last game. And it's still true, but I did look up this in the last four games. It's just four games, but it is four games. Uh, the Nuggets are only minus 0.7 with Nikola on the bench, right? Now, if I take a four-game sample with three of them wins, it's going to look pretty good. But I, I do think it's relevant that anytime that the Nuggets are winning, I don't assume the bench has been good. And so for them to get to near negative or near neutral, rather, near neutral, just zero, that's a really positive sign for them. If they can carry that over, if they can get this even honestly just down to somewhere below five, the Nuggets are going to cruise very easily. That's where they were at the beginning of the season. Now, some of this is that the bench is going to be inconsistent because of the young guys, like they're just going to be up and down. Like we've had these really high moments with Peyton Watson. We've had some low moments. We're going to have more. It's going to be the same thing with Julian Strother. It's going to be the same thing, honestly, a little bit with Christian Brown. But one guy who's been really consistent for them, Swipe, is Justin Holiday. Um, Holiday filled in again last night for KCP this time, who's out with concussion protocol, was on the bench, everything. He'll be back, um, I'm assuming, by Saturday. But um, Holiday goes 1-6 of six from the field. 0-5. Doesn't hit a single three-pointer. Didn't, didn't didn't matter either. Yeah. Adds a, has one rebound, has two assists. Does get four steals, so he's really good on the defensive end. It's a good matchup for him with all the, the Nets' wings. And he was plus 20. And, like, look, he was on the court with Nicola, who was plus 21, so that's right. part of this. But I do think it's notable that the Nuggets have Justin Holiday, who can fill in for MPJ, Aaron Gordon, or KCP. Yeah. And that versatility really matters. You can tell that Malone has, like, zero hesitation of just – getting holiday in there and having him play with that unit because he's never going to disrupt things with the starters. He's never going to be a drag for the starters. And I think that that's really huge for them. Well, and again, I told Ryan this before the game, you know, we were, we were deliberating what they're going to do with KCP out. And I said, I think they're going to start Justin holiday because that's the same thing they did with Aaron Gordon. Because what it does, it allows for them to keep the bench unit, the exact same. That means they can keep the rotation consistent. They can get their chemistry throughout their whole season. Justin is the perfect, like, 11th man because he can slot in and fill in for any of those three players you said. Or if Peyton's out, he can slot in for Peyton. If Christian's out, he can slot in for Christian. And, look, you know, I said when he was signed to the Denver that his versatility, he's six foot six. He's a very – he's an elusive wing. He's a good defender. And he just had a couple of bad stints, you know, with Mavericks and then with the Hawks that kind of tanked his value. But Justin was a good player prior to that. And so you have a six foot six wing that's an NBA veteran that knows how to play basketball. And again, maybe I'm a little biased, but any any member of the Holiday family, I want on my roster. Person, yeah. I just think I think the brothers are just all tremendous people. They're tremendous players. They're just very stand up people you want in the roster. And Aaron, Aaron's playing very well with uh with the Rockets and stuff right now. So I think a lot of this is is that Justin just knows what he's doing, and even his defense, man, he's he's a lot longer than people realize like when you yeah. see him in person and then you see him guard up he had a steal yesterday i think it might have been mikhail remember Jokic threw him uh uh threw an overhead pass to get him in fast break um he just is like he just is so smart man and i think he's already a malone guy yeah Again, he was a malone guy within the first 10 games of the year yeah. so i think that speaks to how good he is I agree. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it for him too. Uh, I will say this. He's going to need to get the three pointer up and that, you know, his three pointer was not good in Atlanta. It wasn't good in Dallas. I, I think he's going to need to hit shots. And the reason I say that is if they need him in the playoffs, you need his shot in a good enough place for him to be able to knock down shots. Because if you put a guy like that on the floor, teams will be like, look, we got to try and curtail the three man game. 
right? And we got to stay home on MPJ. But if we're going to help, let's help off a holiday and make him beat us. They are really hesitant to do that with KCP. He's got to be able to replicate KCP's offensive floor with three-point shooting. Like a bad night for KCP on average is going to be about, what, 33% from three? You know, he's not even like a, a dynamic elite shooter anymore, right. but and he hasn't necessarily shot great this season. But KCP's, I think, is like, you know, he shot great in the playoffs. They are going to need Justin Holiday, I think, to be able, if they have to play him, he's going to need to be able to hit threes just to make sure that playoff defense isn't able to help off of him and, and deter things. Well, I think Justin so far, and again, these are gas numbers. So, like, I, I realize sure. that's shorter sample size, all that. He's shooting 62% uh, from three in December. He shot 50% uh, from three in November. And then obviously in October didn't play. So I think he's shooting around uh, 50% on the season so far. But again, extremely limited sample size and also playing playing next to Joker. And the reason I bring it up, well, I think that the the Joker minutes actually matter because that's where you're really going to need him. Like if he's a bench guy and there's not room for him, that's okay. That's totally okay. Holiday is there in the event that they need a guy to sub in. And I like the fact that they're basically, I like that Holiday is not like a, a normal bench rotation guy. I like it. Oh no, if a starter's out, that's why we have Holiday. If we have all our starters, Holiday may not have him play. I actually think that's really healthy and it gives him a good opportunity to get minutes with Joker, which helps his career. It's a, it's a good setup for them right now. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. You can follow Swipa on Twitter at Swipa Cam and catch him on YouTube as well. And he does a weekend show with Ryan Blackburn. You should check that out too. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday night with World's Finest. Me and Adam will talk about the Thunder game and we'll get to setting up the week for you. Make sure to subscribe, youtube.com slash locked on nuggets. We appreciate your support. Hope you guys are having a great holiday season. We'll talk to you if you celebrate. We'll talk to you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.